Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Ocean Eyes Written by Luke Condor Narrated by Harry Dobby In a sea of people, my eyes will always search for you Someone said that once Stephen had seen it somewhere. Maybe someone had shared it on Facebook or Twitter or maybe it was stuck to the side of a doctor's office. Either way, it lingered on his mind. Not the first part, but the second part. My eyes will always search for you. My eyes will always search for you. Stephen Preston, a.k.a. Captain Lobster, screamed like a slapped baby. He screamed until his voice broke and the skin of his throat turned raw. He screamed at the sweltering sun in the sky, big and round and yellow and painful. Without a single cloud to tame it, it leered down at him like a teenager peering into the microwave, waiting for their popcorn kernels to start their popping. Stephen also screamed at himself. After all, this was his fault. If only he hadn't fallen asleep, he'd be back on the beach, a cornetto in one hand and a plastic cup of the local lager in the other. Of all the stupid things you've done in your life, Steve-o, this one really takes the biscuit. As he floated out there, he thought about a lot of things. 
but mostly of his wife's beautiful ocean blue eyes and how he'd give anything to see him again. It was 11am, about 10 minutes before Stephen would really screw up. At that time, his only concern had been if he was wearing enough sun cream for his pasty English skin and at what time the beach bar would have the football on. It was the Manchester derby, a match he couldn't miss, but did. He was lying on the wonderful sandy beach next to his wife, Glow, basking in the beauty that is Lanzarote, one of the small Canary Islands stranded out there in the Atlantic Ocean, little yellow beauties on a bed of blue. As he lay there with those sunglasses on, cooking gently on the beach, finishing up his lager, he thought the whole thing was just about perfect. Thought it was a little too hot for his liking. Beads of sweat caught on the tips of his chest hair like morning dew on a farmer's crop. Suddenly, he stood up, picked up the giant inflatable donut with the phrase FBI Female Body Inspector printed on the side and kissed his wife. Waves are looking pretty mellow, Glow, he said. I reckon I might pop in for a bit of a dip. Okay, dear, she said, smiling, picking up the sun cream. But let me juice you up a bit. We don't want to see Captain Lobster again, do we? (laughs) She chuckled. Stephen didn't. It was on the second day of the holiday that he'd forgotten to wear sun cream altogether. His skin had turned a buzzing pink and Glow had burst into hysterical fits of laughter at the sight of him. (laughs) Captain Lobster! (laughs) She'd said through painful chuckles. (laughs) It's Captain Lobster! Stephen was still sore about the whole thing, in more ways than one. Once creamed good and proper, he waded out, enjoying the cool surf against his sweaty legs. He climbed up onto the inflatable donut, sank his arse into the big O, closed his eyes and gently waded his hands against the water, pushing himself further and further out. The beach was loud. He listened to its lullaby, a din of music, kids and adults laughing, splashing, joyful in their escape from the world for a while. And then he drifted some, eyes still closed, until the world turned dark and the beach became silent as he fell asleep. At one point he half woke up, turned his head and saw the beachfront shrinking until it was the size of his pinky fingernail. He turned away, closed his eyes once more and let the waves rock him back to sleep. He pondered somewhere in his hypnagogia. I really could. And then, as if commanded by his subconscious to rise from the dead, he opened his eyes. What time is it? Was the first thing he said before reaching for his phone, which wasn't in its normal spot on his bedside table, because the bedside table wasn't there and neither was his bed. It took a while for his operating system to load up and even then it was only working at half speed. He looked left, right, down, up, 
seeing nothing but various shades of blue all around. When he finally caught up with his situation, he said the only thing appropriate to say at that moment. Gonna miss the fucking footy now. Soon enough, the panic set in and he splashed about the donut awkwardly, shifting his head and squinting his eyes, looking for any sign of land, but seeing nothing. He could barely see where the deep blue gradient of the sea met the lighter blue of the sky. It was seamless. Rubbing his head and slapping his face, Stephen hoped to hell he was still asleep. That one good slap might wake him from the nightmare and ride him back to the beach coastline. He slapped himself on the face and his cheek lit with a painful fire that had him slapping about the surface of the water like a beach trout. Holy mother of fuckers! Spitting through closed teeth, he scanned his hands, arms, belly and then back down again, looking for any spot of his top half that wasn't pinker than a boiled ham. It was radiant. He looked like someone had been at him with a pink highlighter pen. Each part of his skin thrummed and he could almost hear the skin of his forehead crackling. He strained to listen for noise for anything other than the wind and the waves. Something cried. He was sure of it. Only a second later did he realise it was him, crying like a dog tied up outside a corner shop waiting for its owner. Where are you? He cried to the land, to glow, to his paid-in-full four-star holiday in Lanzarote. Where the fuck are you? Stephen checked the pockets of his Hawaiian-themed swimming shorts and found the keycard for the room in one and his sunglasses in the other. Sand stuck to a smudge of sun cream on the lens. He wiped them down, put them on. As he fixed them to his head, he looked down into the water. He regretted it almost instantly. There was no bottom to it. It was blue until it was black. It was nothing but void down there. It gave him an odd sense of vertigo and he had to look away for fear of fainting, slipping off the edge. Suddenly he lifted his feet from the water. His arse was still poking through the hole of the donut, still submerged. He cried again then, realising the movement in the water was no longer just the splash of a current but was potentially something much more alive. Sharks? Eels? Krakens? Something. Something that wanted to wriggle up to him, take a bite, climb up and in. To take his mind off the situation, he sang half-remembered football chants, quietly at first, but getting louder with each repetition. He did this for a few hours before his voice started to break. He thought about using his hands as oars and started to make his way somewhere, but scared himself silly again after picturing tiny little sea piranhas nibbling the tips off his fingers, skinning them down to the knuckles. So instead he sang some more until the sun went down and he fell asleep. The sleep didn't last long though. More waves passed him, splashed his feet. Something moved through his shorts against his butt cheek. He screamed and turned down, but the waves were dark. Dark and silent. It was like looking into a giant pot of ink. Stephen didn't sleep another wink that night. The next day, he stared down into waters with a renewed focus. Something had touched him and he was sure of it. 
Something was down there, in the waters, somewhere between the blue and the black. And then dawn came and he saw it. Just the one. Deep it was. It blinked. Stephen, aka Captain Lobster, barely noticed the pus running down his back where the sun had boiled his skin into blisters. He felt it, sure, but was too transfixed on what he saw beneath him. A floating eye. It was several metres down and staring straight up at him, like some vast whale that was on its side, perfectly positioned beneath his floating donut. But it wasn't a whale, it was just an eye. A staring eye, almost human. He could just make out the lines of red scouring the white of the ball. He could see where the deep brown iris ended and the impossibly black pupil began. It looks like a hole, he thought. That pupil looks like an open manhole. He screamed as it blinked again. The lids were slow to sheathe the eye and slower to open. I'm losing my mind. Stephen said, but crumbled halfway so it sounded more like, I'm losing my boy. He looked away, closed his eyes, tried to tell himself it wasn't real, that it wasn't really there. He felt his sanity growing taut like a single knot on a fine piece of thread. It was being stretched. He could almost hear the fibres scratching, readying to snap. Not real, not real, not real. He said the words over and over, but to the tune of one of his football chants. Captain Lobster took a deep breath in. The salty air made him sick and light, but he continued to do it till he felt calm again. But then he looked down once more, completely convinced he'd see nothing but water this time. Instead... He saw two more eyes. The thread pulled tight and the fine fibres of his sanity began to break. Ting. Ting. He screamed, flailed like he was being attacked by invisible bees. He even scratched at them all around his hair, clawed until his fingers picked away fleshy chunks and the warm blood dribbled down his cheeks and ran into the water in fine rivulets. He dropped his head back, craned his neck over as best he could to look once more into the waters. There were four more. At various depths. Some closer than the first, some further away. All watching him with careful precision. As if we were about to do a magic trick. As if we were about to blow their tiny minds. Ting. After the other, they blinked. More of his sanity snapped. Reality was breaking right before him, and all he wanted was a lager and a cornetto. Glow! He shouted to the sea. Glow! I've got eyes everywhere! We've got eyes! Dehydrated and delirious, he fell asleep once more. 
He didn't notice the waves were pushing his donut further out. He didn't see the movement below him, his growing audience. Nor did he feel as more of the skin of his cheeks and forehead popped in the heat, sounding like milk poured over cereal. Nor did he see the boat on the horizon passing by. Nor did he hear as the air wheezed out of his donut and began to sag and sink. It was only as his face dipped into the water that he did wake once more. Stephen, aka Captain Lobster, breathed in a lung full of the Atlantic before lifting his head and hacking it back up. The salt was bad to the taste but worse on his sores. The sun was setting. On a different day it would have looked beautiful to him. But all it did on this evening was reflect against the eyes, revealing them in all their numbers. The hundreds, no, more. So many now. So many eyes. What do you want? He screamed as his legs slipped into the water, the donut now almost empty of air. The thread of his sanity was pulled tight, sure, but it was as his legs sunk deeper into the water and he felt his toes pressing against the white skin of his eyes that the thread snapped fully. He kicked his legs in a fever of panic and screamed for them to fuck off and continued to do so until the floating donut became completely empty and he was only holding onto it because he dared not let go. I don't want to sink. I don't want to sink. His whole body shook with sunstroke. He dared himself to look down. If there was any sanity left in him, it went then, along with the contents of his bowels. The eyes were there, still watching, blinking in their hundreds. But there was something beneath them all. So massive, it splintered his mind, and he sang a song about cornettos and remembered the saying again. In a sea full of people, my eyes will always search for you. It wasn't on Facebook or Instagram he'd seen it, nor was it on the wall of his doctor's. Come to think of it, he didn't even think his doctor's office had anything on the wall. It was what he'd said to Glow on their wedding day. It was part of his wedding vows. He felt a wash of love come over him as he let go of the donut and let himself drop. The water and love was warm. It welcomed him and his eyes continued to stare, following him as he sunk downwards towards that vast hole. For a brief second he smiled. Captain Lobster. It was pretty funny. Stephen, aka Captain Lobster, sank down towards the giant eye, bigger than the tallest building, wider than the largest football pitch, bigger than reality should allow for. He sank towards the bottomless pit of its pupil and disappeared into it. A while later, and a fishing boat grumbled past. One of the men aboard pointed to what was left of the floating donut, bobbing on the surface like a hungry blackfish. 
His friend, the captain, laughed. Female body inspector, he said under his breath with a wistful grin. <laughs> Funny stuff. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Ocean Eyes was written by Luke Condor, narrated by Harry Dobby, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Lakey Inspired and Tom Robson. Hey, you, do you want to get your hands on a free book? We've been running The Other Stories now for about a year and a half, and we've collected the first year of stories into one hefty volume, and we're giving a signed copy away for free. This volume collects over 50 short stories featuring a ton of classics, behind-the-scenes extras, and some extra bonus stories not featured on the podcast before. To be in with a chance to win, head over to hawkandcleaver.com and sign up to the main list now. So, until next time, time, time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.